This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the May 8th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. We're going to do actually a little bit something different today. We're going to talk a little bit about player efficiency and clutch time. It should be fun. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy with me to do so. Probably the best person to do so, in my opinion, is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? Not much, Mike. This should be should be fun. Little, I'm so uh, pumped. Special. I love this, man. We talk so much fantasy all the time. It's nice to just mix it up a little bit. So we're taking a break. Uh, apologies to DFS guys. Um, LeBron, blame it on LeBron, man. Uh, LeBron just ended the Raptors. They're extinct. LeBron, the Meteor James, uh, just ended those guys. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of talk about just efficiency and we'll get into clutch and just straight buckets is, is the goal here. I like to think that probably my favorite thing to talk about is this topic. I love efficiency and you'll see me tweeting out true shooting and all that offensive efficiency and everything like that. What do you what do you think, Ryan? Are you um, do you think you have a favorite like stat that you like to focus on? You, I'm also a usage rate guy through and through, which we'll talk about. Um, but what do you what do you what kind of stats are you kind of leaning towards? Because we talk about we don't really, we talk with fantasy for season long. We do the nine cats, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal, free throw, and turnovers and three pointers. Um, but do you have like a favorite stat that you like to do? You tend to find yourself delving into. Yeah, well, for fantasy especially, uh, my numbers game column, I I create my own rankings and so forth, and it's all based on on Z scores. Um, so you figure out standard deviations, how far uh, above or below the the league mean uh, player is in a given category, and then assign them a value for that. Uh, and it basically allows you to compare apples to oranges statistically. So you can say that someone is you know three standard deviations. Um, above the mean in assists and uh, also three above in blocks, which would be insane. Um, but it means <laughs> that they're basically relative to the league right. that that much better than the, the average player. Um, so I absolutely love that because it's just pure objectivity. You can assign someone a value and it's not a personal judgment on them. Uh, it doesn't reflect any, any personal opinions. But just for overall, like looking at a game, uh, of those stats you mentioned, I, I'm a fan of uh, true shooting. Yep. Just because, like effective field goal percentage, it captures the added value of three pointers, but it also throws in free throws. Um, so because a guy can shoot, you know, six of sixteen from the field and still have an efficient game if he goes twelve of twelve at the line. Um, so yeah, I, I would be a proponent of true shooting. I think. Yeah, and actually, um, I, what kind of drove this the point you're making? I am full through and through true shooting. I mean, if if true shooting percentage had like a president to run, like I would run for that. I love true shooting, <laughs> um, especially nowadays. Like you see, Steph- create that position, like. dude. I know, man. Uh, if you saw like Stephen Curry, you saw the six of twenty, right? And you're like, oh man, he was terrible. Thirty percent from the field, made threes, good from the line. He was still forty eight true shooting, which isn't good. League average was actually fifty five for true shooting. But I mean, six of twenty just from that—it sounds horrible. 
but it was only just a little bit worse because he can make threes. And nowadays, yeah. I I hate and I swear if I could do one thing, like if I'm the overseer of basketball stats, I would just straight up do away with the field goal percentage. I hate it. It doesn't encompass what the NBA is about now. The NBA is about getting to the line. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I live and die by guys getting to the free throw line. It helps yeah. helps you sustain just having good a good floor. And yeah, that and the threes, man. I mean, threes for days, year after year after year after year, more teams making three pointers. So yeah. that's not encompassed in field goal percentage. So like that stat is dead. And I wish the team was like, oh, he only shot 38% from the field. He wasn't that great. Yeah, but he made like six threes. So he was whatever it was, you know? So, I like this hot take. This is a good one. Is it? Is it hot? I don't <laughs> think it's hot. Well, you're, you're right. I mean, the game has changed. And you look at a guy like, okay, uh, DeAndre Jordan lead, leads the league in field goal yeah. percentage. I think he shot north of 70% this year. But late in games when it matters the most – Sometimes you can't even have him on the court offensively because if he gets fouled and goes to the line, he's, he's not going to make them. So it's you're right. Like How much true value does that stat capture? Um, and the answer is not very much these days. Yeah, and actually someone brought up a good point um, to me because I was debating this with someone. This is kind of what brought this whole pod about was because we're going to talk about clutch in a second. But because if... True shooting, like we said, that encapsulates the free throw percentage and three-pointers much more than field goal. But, like, there's a lot of fouls late. But to that, like, the the guy that I was arguing with was saying, like, that's not that important. Is it, though? Like, you want a guy who can make free throws late. I mean, there's a reason, as you said, like, DeAndre Jordan's not on the floor when they need to get a free throw. And I I think that free throws are, are huge, especially with late fouls and everything man so i don't how do you feel about do you think that like a guy who can get a straight bucket in a one point game with 30 seconds left or a guy when you're up two with the ball and he can knock down two free throws like i think that's really important oh, yeah. so how do you feel about that yeah i mean that's critical and granted refs sometimes swallow their whistles down the stretch so you, yeah you know you, you definitely want someone who could just straight up create a shot and make it um but obviously, yeah, you, you put the ball in the hands of one of your best free throw shooters and um, give him a chance to either make a shot or get to the line and knock him down. Yeah, and I'm not looking up DeAndre Jordan's true shooting splits here. Uh, come on, NBA.com, going slow. All right, uh, there we go. Uh, he's actually pretty efficient. In, uh, I know, never mind, that's overall. Oh, uh, this is good. Um, so this season, he had a 37.9 true shooting percentage in the clutch this season. No, that's actually in the playoffs. So okay. my mistake. Yeah. So thirty-seven point nine in the playoffs, and then during the season, why is my computer going slow? There we go. Oh, he was actually killer. Uh, so seventeen games at two point five minutes per, he had a seventy-nine true shooting. So believe it or not, DeAndre was actually pretty clutch. Uh, if you look okay. at it from that stat, which I, I'm stunned by. Yeah. Um- I'm I'm not surprised that he was. But I will quickly. add I will add only a 16.5 usage rate, so very small usage. Yeah, yeah. So he probably just scored on lobs and yeah. easy opportunities. Yeah. But lobs, and lobs. the you know that final two minute rule where you can't intentionally foul is obviously yep. huge. For oh, him. for sure. Um, That's actually a yeah. great point. I wonder what the differential is on like pre. Yeah, that'd be rule. I, I may look that up later. I'm gonna probably write a column about this tomorrow. Like, I'm this is such a great topic. 
Um, so yeah, I, I definitely I'm, I'm excited to talk about. I got a shout out. Uh, I'll look it up in a second to whoever gave me this idea uh, to talk about this. Uh, so okay, so other stats I wouldn't just hit on was uh, points per possession. Uh, that's a big synergy stat. I love that stat. Um, so basically, it's like double what true shooting is in simple terms, because um, you're getting you know point per two points, blah 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 blah. So how do you feel? Do you like points per possession as a good stat? Yeah, I mean it just has intuitive appeal. It it just like makes sense to people when you say it. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I especially love points per possession, especially, you know, since I'm trying to mix in some fantasy talk uh, <laughs> for, for low minute guys. Like you talk to someone like Greg Monroe yeah. or uh, Ennis Cantor. So you look at a guy who's playing 20 minutes a game and his points per possession are, you know, 1.1 points per possession, which is terrific. Um, I'm just making up that number, by the way. <laughs> uh, so if they, you know, say they sign with a different team or an injury thrusts them into the starting lineup, et cetera. Um, you kind of can get a feel for what this guy can do uh, in increased minutes. So I, I think for fantasy purposes, it's actually really interesting to look at guys from a points, uh, and not just points. I would look at um, like stats per minute. Yeah. So you can sort of expand the concept and see like how many rebounds, how many assists, how many steals, uh, and then you know project that out and see you know. So if everyone in the league played 32 minutes a game, how would people stack up? And yeah. it's it's it sometimes has false equivalency because guys can't carry on the same level of efficiency and productivity uh, as a 32-minute starter as they would playing 20 off the bench. Um, but it's a good experiment, and it really sort of can draw out subtle value. Yeah, and what the Dwayne Casey quote where he's like, we don't want uh, we don't want you to track your minutes. We want you to track how good you are in your minutes. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a big reason. Every time I hear that quote, I think about Valatunas. That's like direct. Like, that was strictly about Valatunas. <laughs> He played, pre- he played pretty well, I would say. Better than expected. Uh, and then lastly, um, what? Oh, actually, effective field goal percentage we didn't talk about yet. Uh, which, if to the layman, that is basically true shooting minus the free throws and then field goal percentage plus three-pointers. So to give it to you fast, if you shoot 10 shots and you go 5 of 10 from the field with two threes. So 5 of 10 from the field, 50%. If you make two threes, you basically add a half per three. So that's a 60 effective field goal percentage. I love that set as well. That kind of takes away from the true shooting, which, again, you can't I, you can't discredit free throws. They're such a big part of the game. Um, but I do love effective field goal. And if I'm, if I'm, I'm not true shooting and you want to kind of eliminate the free throw effect, I think that like effective field goal percentage should be the stat that what you talk about. Hey, they shot thirty percent effective field goal percentage, you know, or you know, not thirty percent, but yeah. you get my drift. That, that let's let's that, just drop the effective and start citing yes. effective field goal percentage as field goal percentage. Yes, do. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how I feel, man. Like that's that's dead, dude. Like pitcher, win- I'm a I'm a baseball guy. I hate pitcher wins. And, I mean, I want to run a baseball league that eliminates that. But, I mean, it's important, I guess. You want to win a game. And batting average, who cares? Like, okay, you got on base. But if you get a triple, you're in much better position than you were if you got three triple or three singles, you know? Uh, one so. one uh, little wrinkle here, as I think about it. Uh, if you were, say, in a fantasy league to use effective field goal instead of regular field goal percentage. Yeah, we talked about that, that before, that, too. That would sort of double weight three-pointers mm. because you'd have three-pointers as a category and then also good three-point shooters benefiting from this change. 
and it would yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I I've talked about I that before. About it before right I now. would love that. I would, and even if you, I wish you could do like half three pointers and do effective field goal percentage. If you can do that in a fantasy league, I think that'd be really cool. Probably do that in roto and just give yeah. the three point category. You know, the winner instead of getting twelve points gets six and so forth. Yeah, or even do like three pointers missed or something. Like weight it that way. That would cut it in half. Yeah, people do some weird things and with yeah. their score. Them, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone takes us yeah. up on this. And you're, you and I are, are pro nine cat, right? Just yeah, I'm all into yeah. keeping turnover. I don't know, man. Like the more and more, and again, if if you have that stud in your team, then like tough deal with that turnover category. <laughs> Either just yeah. punt it or just just. This year was a perfect manage. example with, yeah, with West, exactly. Westbrook and Hardy. That's I mean, what I was getting at. Two guys lead the league in turnovers, historically high amounts of turnovers, yeah. and yet they were probably on the bulk of winning teams. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you, you, can, you can swallow that pill and not be poisoned. Yeah, especially in uh, head-to-head. Who cares, man? Turnovers. Yeah, you want you want guys with the basketball. And that actually leads me to my next point. Um, a stat that I want to invent. Uh, I love usage rate. Um, I, I like to think I'm Mr. Usage Rate, um, but I want to have a stat that is usage rate minus turnovers, but then also taking away passing turnovers. So basically, you're talking about guys that just turn it over from handling the ball and shooting, not passing to other teammates. I, I would love that stat. I want to figure out how to do that uh, and make mm-hmm. it a stat. That's that's like my goal for the offseason is to make that a thing. Um, so what, what do you think about that? Cause turn, obviously yeah. turnovers are bad. You don't like them. Right. And that's, that's the thing. Usage, like we look at raw usage rate mm-hmm. and we equate it with being something good. Um, yeah. yet that number can be inflated by something bad, which is, uh, turnovers. Yeah. So you're right. It's a, it's a misleading stat. And I think especially for DFS, it's important to kind of tease out what the actual positive implication of it is. Um, and uh, I should mention that sites like, uh, I think Nylon Calculus was the first one to do it. They've been apparently absorbed by fan-sided. I'm not sure. Yep. But anyway, they and Roto-Grinders both uh, use something they call true usage, which yep. it, it still includes turnovers, so it's not quite what you want. Um, but it's worth looking into. It, it, they use assist opportunities instead of assists. It's, there's a couple other wrinkles in there. So uh, worth looking into that. But yeah, I like that idea, and I think it, it should be pretty feasible. Yeah, I mean, because... Um, I think Harden is more apt to dribbling turnovers than I'll have to look up in a second. Um, I use NBA minor for that minor with an E, not like minors and like underage. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll look that up in a second. But yeah, it's like we said because Westbrook is what the forty-one usage rate is crazy. And uh, if you're new to this podcast, usage rate is the percentage of possessions you end. So if you go to the line at the end, not counting and ones, uh, your field goals and your turnovers. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's that's the go-to stat. I mean, if, if you associated DFS, because points are so closely associated with that, whereas in season yeah. long, yeah. We're, we're more about the every... We look, you and I are big across the board guys. We'd much rather have a guy who scores like two points... And has like everything else versus the guy who scores mm-hmm. like thirty points and doesn't do much else, like DeRozan or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that. Okay, so going over some stuff that we just kind of talked about that we wanted to kind of hammer home. 
like we said, usage rate is our jam. We love it. Uh, and Ryan has some killer stats to really hammer that point home. Go ahead. Yeah, and this is specific to DFS context. Um, I wrote a column in early December called DFS Deep Analysis. And one of the things I did was run correlations for... Um, so basically, how positively or negatively correlated with overall DFS value uh, are different categories. So for instance, points comes out... Um, and if it's a correlation of one, that means it's a perfect correlation. <laughs> if, you, if you score, your value goes up. Uh, points had a 0.88 correlation, which indicates a very strong positive yeah. correlation. No surprise there. Uh, the next highest indicator uh, in terms of positive correlation was usage at 0.726, which is Jeez. another strong positive uh, correlation. So it, it just basically proves, again, objectively that usage is an, a very important and useful metric when trying to determine uh, DFS by. For sure. I mean, your ending possessions, you should be scoring. Uh, unless you're really, unless you're Michael Carter-Williams or or something yeah. like that, where you just don't use p your possessions in a, in a good and, way. Like, go ahead. No, just to, to put a bow on that, uh, you look at defensive stats for DFS, and I'm using FanDuel system. Uh, blocks had a 0.3 correlation, which is a wow. weak positive, so barely made a dent, essentially. Wow. Yeah, well, that makes sense, though. And actually, that's yeah. a thing that we talk about a lot when we try to differentiate season long. Where and you're you're probably the king of that stat scarcity. That's like that's one of your brands, um, yeah, and really. like the stat scarcity for for blocks is huge. So we love that, and that's the reason why we draft Gobert so high, and why we draft Whiteside, where we draft him, and so on. And so in Ibaka, who when Ibaka was thriving, Ibaka was the man. You, you're a, you're a big surge guy. Um, yeah, boys like him. Yeah, and in steals as well. I mean. Uh, if you can get steals, two steals a game, and like when Robert Covington was going off for a season long, uh, it was just steals. What the three steals a game he had, just killing. Um, and to your standard deviation point, what I don't know what the league averages for steals. I'll have to look that up in a second. But um, yeah, it's what quadruple the league average of relevant players. Man, to get three steals a yeah, game is crazy. That's nuts. Uh, okay, so one thing I, we kind of hinted at as well, um, just to give you inside the podcaster studio, we paused it to look this stuff up. Um, so we talked about like bad pass turnovers versus lost turnovers. And again, uh, shout out to any NBA minor, M-I-N-E-R. Um, they have some cool stuff on there. Uh, and I think my favorite thing on their site that they track is lost ball turnovers versus bad pass turnovers. So like I was saying, I would love to track usage rate taking out bad pass turnovers because your usage shouldn't be affected by, and you're not trying to use that possession when you pass the ball. So I think that should be a factor. And if, if I can do it, um, I would love to factor that in somehow. So just bad pass turnovers per game during the regular season. Westbrook had 2.9 and so did Harden actually. They were both tied for the same, same amount. Um, <laughs> And also, John Wall was really high, 1.94. LeBron, also 1.8. Ricky Rubio, 1.7. So just the guys that can pass the ball are turning the ball over. It's pure numbers game. So yeah. uh, I thought I was surprised to see Bledsoe up there at 1.4. Uh, Nicholas Patu, another guy, arguably one of the best passes in perimeter. He had 1.35. Uh, 
uh, Draymond, 1.34. So, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool to... to and that should be a factor in usage rate, man. Um, yeah, yeah, this is making me want to... I didn't know that this data was, was collected anywhere. So, shout out, shout out to this site. Yeah. But it would be awesome to kind of figure out, as a ratio of total turnovers, what percentage yeah. of those were bad passes or lost balls. And you could figure out, like, the guy who just turns it over the most when he's dribbling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be, be really interesting. Yeah, and then on the flip side, so lost ball turnovers... Uh, my boy, the process, number one, and mm. 1.23, and not surprisingly, Harden's number two, Boogie Cousins, not surprisingly, number three, uh, actually, four is kind of shocking in only three games, Jared Bayless, and then DeRozan as well, so you look at lost ball turnovers, it's guys who are intending to use those possessions, so like that should count in your yeah. usage rate, negatively affected, but I, I don't know, man, Like I just... I I, I want to have a, a bigger say. Like, come on, could NBA like hire me for like talking about how to talk about stats, man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, do, does it? Do you know who travels the most in the league? Yes, uh, travels per game. The process. Joel Embiid. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then a guys who actually matter. So actually, number two is Bryce Johnson with his three games. <laughs> Um, ben Bentel, shout out, uh, and he's in there for his three games, and then Giannis, baby, uh, he is number four, and then the homie Dario Covington. So if you, three, ex- six, yeah, I was gonna say. So if you exclude those two randoms, three of the four guys are Sixers. Brett Brown, man, cut your cut your cut your guys down on those travels. Um, so yeah, okay, dude, this is awesome. This is, I swear this is my favorite pod right now. Um, okay, so we wanted, to, we wanted to swing it. Uh, we want to talk about efficiency and stats and stuff. And we're going to talk about just clutch shooting. And like we said, you and I are big true shooting guys. And so what I did, we, we're going to give you our top five bucket getters kind of in a objective slash opinionated uh, just view of it. But I did want to go over the really who were the most efficient players in the clutch. So, given a usage rate of 25 in games played in the clutch greater than 15, guess who number one is? It's LeBron James. So, all those people that say LeBron is in clutch, blah, 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 shut your mouth. LeBron's awesome. I love LeBron. Uh, and then also another one of my boys, CJ. McCollum, he was number two. It's 66.7 true shooting. Phenomenal. Uh, just to round it out. And, and there's some big names up here, man. I mean, these aren't scrubs. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, King of the Fourth, he's in there. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Fournier. And surprisingly, barely cracked the 15 games was Emmanuel Moutier. At 61.8 true shooting, 28.8 usage rate. That's so, a fluke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so there, there's those outliers in there. Stephen Curry. Where, where is Westbrook in this? I'm surprised he, his name hasn't come up. Yeah, he's he's not that great. He is at 56.9 in the clutch. <laughs> um, massive usage rate at 62.3, which I, I believe <laughs> is the high man. Yeah, that's the high man. Uh, so if you want to look at usage rate, it's Westbrook, Harden, Embiid, Boogie, It, Demar. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi. I mean, these are big names. So, see one 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 thing that that highlights for me 
you didn't you mentioned LeBron as the highest use, uh, true shooting, but he you didn't mention him right there in the in the list of highest usage rate guys. And that's something I find interesting, like the difference between clutch shooters who just will take the ball and and try to score it, and guys who, which you know, obviously LeBron can do well, but also just clutch players, guys who are going to trust their teammates, make the right pass. Um, so yeah, and I think LeBron kind of falls like to me. He's not just necessarily like a clutch shooter in quotes. He's just a clutch player. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, and then I also add that in clutch. Of the top nine, number ten is Lou Williams um, for effect. I'm looking at effective field goal percentage, by the way. Okay. Um, LeBron's two point four assist to turnover ratio is the, the best of the top nine. So not only is he shooting the ball number one, he's has the best assist yeah. to turnover ratio, man. Yeah, so is. this is a very LeBron like. Honestly, dude, I I love LeBron, and I've had the debate, and I had it with my friend yesterday. And we were talking about like where LeBron ranks with Jordan. And I'm cool. If you want to say Jordan's better than LeBron, sure. If you want to say LeBron's better than Jordan, sure. Like He's there, man. And just for him to live up to the he's the next Jordan, quote-unquote, thing, where O.J. Mayo did not. <laughs> uh, shout out to Slam Magazine, but who's also, they, they kick ass, but whoops. Anyways, uh, yeah, I I just I love I I can't say anything bad about LeBron, man. He is like the he's the athlete, man. I'm biased because we love basketball, and you are too because we love basketball so much. But like LeBron, LeBron's the man. I, I'm just I'm so I anyone who hates LeBron, I I really just don't get it. Yeah, I don't, you know I try not to engage in the yeah who's better LeBron yeah, 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 yeah. Gordon because it just becomes this pointless exercise that's been going on for decades and yeah. I don't know it's just tiresome but um I, yeah I'm sort of also biased for LeBron just because when MJ was in his prime I was too young to fully appreciate it yeah. I was born in '83 so do the math um but LeBron you know I, I've seen him he's basically my age I've seen him his career yep. in in total and have gotten to really appreciate every single playoff run and everything that he does and has done over the years. Um, so, you know, obviously I'm going to have a stronger reaction when I think about his body of work just because I'm more familiar with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, man. I mean, LeBron from when he came up, first game with the Kings, he was like, oh, this guy's going to be really good. And, I mean, we've seen guys kind of, hey, Michael Carter-Williams again, shout out, um, was good at first. Not, but in... In our scope of things, he wasn't good. He was just pure volume. He was high usage rate because he he didn't use his possessions well. Like he was like a mini Westbrook. But yeah, yeah. I, I I love LeBron, man. Like he he's my boy. Uh, I I wish and and honestly, the funny thing is too, when we do season long, I'm associated with not liking LeBron, and it's purely on the fact that I know he's going to sit late. And he even said over the weekend that he wants to win this game over the weekend to get some time off. So, um, I mean, he's older, but his game, and also, I am a big, 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 I will, to the day I die, I say LeBron's the best passer ever. Um, to the reasons I said already, and like, and again, three-pointers. He's the best kickout passer in the NBA. And we saw, I, it was really on display for me with the Wizards-Celtics game yesterday. The, the way Wall was kicking out, Otto just... Sw- they had, like... I think they had three swishes in a row on threes. And it was just, like, Wall kicking out. And even Gortat actually had a kick out there, too. Um, so, yeah, I think that that... And, and that's kind of hurting guys like Magic or who Stockton or whoever you want to say. 
But like we said, man, making a three is more than making a two. And if you can make your guy open and hit it, then and you know put it in the old shooting pocket, as they say, that counts. And just because you didn't do it, that hurts you. So maybe if you put Magic Johnson in the NBA era now, I may be dissuaded. But the NBA era now is helping guys like LeBron, who are the killers, kickout passers. Yeah, there's a reason they paid J.R. Smith a truckload of money. <laughs> and dude, how big was that Kyle Corbett trade, man? He's been freaking awesome. Yeah, that was a smart, subtle move because they didn't have much wiggle room in terms of their you know finances and so forth. But. Yeah, yeah, they. David Griffin, he's a hot commodity. The Magic are after him. Okay, so last part, and just to let you guys know, I'm trying to look for a segment. We're coming to the the last part of the season playoffs, uh, so we got some stuff to do. I want to kind of have some something fun that I'll have everyone kind of keep tuning in. Uh, but anyways, uh, so we're gonna do our top five. Shout out to High Fidelity, a great movie. Um, top five records. So we're going to give our top five clutch bucket getters. And this is kind of spawning off what I was saying before. And I was actually shocked to find out that Kobe Bryant actually was not very efficient in his clutch time. Um, so pretty much the his entire career, he never hit true 60 true shooting in the clutch of any season. Uh, his best one was uh, 58.1. Um, usage rates are crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to gonna rattle these off from starting from 2013-14 and going back. 58.6, And there's a couple other big ones I don't want to keep rattling. Like so, Kobe was your guy. Give him the ball. That, that's like when you think of who shoots the ball in the clutch, you think Kobe, right? Like that's yeah. That's his thing. I, you know, I think um, the the high usage. Like I wasn't totally shocked when you said that he hadn't hit sixty, or apparently even come close, except for that one year. Yeah. Um, just because he had so many opportunities, so we remember him hitting plenty of clutch yeah. shots. But it's just because he took every single one that was available, especially yeah. in the post Shaq years. <laughs> yep. And actually, his post, his uh, his Shaq years were still pretty high. Uh, he had a, a fifty point one in two thousand. Uh, he had a forty four point zero in two thousand three four. So he was still pretty high. And again, just not very efficient, man. Uh, and then also his rookie season, twenty point five true shooting in, his, in the clutch. Uh, just want to throw that out there. Okay, so what what brought that up is Durant, uh, who again if. I, I I love I swear I think that that was the game like I love Kawhi and yeah you could probably say Kawhi was but they lost the game when Kawhi had his signature playoff moment so I think that Durant's game on Saturday was probably like the best game of anyone um, he had six of six on fadeaways he had um, twelve shots with six seconds six seconds of touch time which was almost. Six times his season average. He was just the man. Uh, he actually wasn't as great as I thought. So, again, Durant is a 60.8 true shooting guy. He only topped that in the clutch one season. So, I was surprised to find that out. Um, so, I guess, where do you where do you fit on, on Durant? And what were your, what do you think about Saturday? Anything that you took away from that? Yeah, I mean, Durant's amazing. And, honestly, yeah. Saturday's game was one of the 
only playoff games I haven't watched. Oh, okay. Sad admission. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, the Jazz are just overmatched, especially with yeah. George Hill hurting. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a foregone conclusion yeah, that, so, that they'll be in the finals. I don't I don't see the Rockets or the Spurs how taking many, them down at this that, point. That leads me to a question I was going to ask. How, like, how many games are the Warriors going to lose, like, this whole the whole playoffs, man? Like, I don't know if it's going <laughs> to even be, like, two. Like, they look so good. I wonder what the what's the fewest games a team has lost on the way to a championship team. That's yeah. I, they may, I, honestly, man, they may they may sleep it. I mean, I'm I'm so blown away. Durant, I I'm a Durant guy through and through. Um, and it's funny because two years ago, you know, people who you bump into and you tell me right about the NBA or whatever, like I would who, who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite player to watch? Blah blah. blah. I would always say Durant, always for five years. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like I love Giannis, I love Embiid, I love Curry, I love LeBron. I keep rattling off names, and like I just I feel like Durant has gone from like amazing to kind of underrated, and we really saw that on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The move to Golden State, I think, really yeah kind of took away from his appeal, and you know, kind of put him not, not in the shadow necessarily but yeah. playing alongside Steph Curry on this kind of super team he no longer stood out as this lone star yeah. well I mean he had Westbrook but you, you get the point yeah um but yeah you're right I think he's definitely underrated uh, both in the public imagination and uh, even in fantasy leagues we saw this year there were some injury yeah. concerns but he yeah he ended up I think the number one player in nine cat yeah. uh top three in eight cat he's just an absolute monster yeah he, he's so good and, actually, and his, de- his defense is underrated too. The guy can, right? the guy can guard so many positions. He's versatile. His length is ridiculous. He just bothers so many shots. It's yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so that actually uh, leads me to the last question of the day. Actually, one more thing I want to talk about, and I want to shout out uh, Samus Foundiari. Kind of, I may be putting you on a spot here, but um, he brought up a good topic. Um, he was talking about how. Where do free agents go? Do you go to the West and have to deal with the Warriors and the Spurs, or do you go to the East and deal with LeBron? Like I don't, I don't really know how that works out. How a player's thought process goes, and I don't really think. And we saw. I mean, Durant's a perfect case. Like fit, you'll fit. You'll fit if you're a good player. You're gonna fit. So I don't. How do you? How do you think about? Is that a factor for players? Like. Because the West is, for years now, has been tougher to get through. It's deeper. It's hard to make the playoffs. Year in and year out, the eight seed better rated than the the eight seed in the East. So, I mean, do you, do you think that like is a factor for players for East versus West, or is it more about just the team itself? I think it is totally dependent on the player and the situation and the point in their career where they are. Mm-hmm. So, if you're 21 years old and you're looking to sign a deal. You might not be thinking about, and again, this depends on your mentality and you know how you perceive your career, but you might not be thinking about the best place where you can win rings immediately. You might just be thinking, how can I make $140 million <laughs> be set for life and buy my mom a house and so forth? Um, whereas you know, if you're a 31, if you're Kyle Lowry, you're 31 years old entering free agency, 
for sure. This dude wants to win. He's an ultimate competitor. He's going to be looking for the best fit. You know, can I join the Spurs maybe and, and give the Warriors a run for their money? Can I stay in the East and hope that LeBron's, you know, supporting cast starts to fade and blah, blah, blah. A lot of considerations. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it very much depends on, on the players, uh, approach to their own career, how, how far along they are in the NBA and yeah. things like that. So do you think that like, as far as priorities, I guess, East versus West is like way down there. I, yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I think a lot of it is like the city. Like, would you rather yeah, yeah, yeah. play in hashtag you, night, hashtag Utah in the West or LA with the nightlife? Yeah. And, um, so there's a, a lot that goes into it, but I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't imagine that Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, unless you're like uprooting your family and you don't want your kids to go. Right. Well, yeah, taking that part out of it too. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, would, I mean, just strictly on. I want to win a oh, championship. I think I'm more likely sure. to win a championship in the East than I am in the West. Is yes, I would absolutely agree with that. I think Le- LeBron is the only. I mean, he's been an unmovable obstacle to getting to getting there. Obviously, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah. yeah, but it, but it looks on paper a lot easier to get to the finals in the East. I think. Yeah, I, I, but I don't think that's a factor though. I mean, if you're you want to win a champ, like, oh yeah, you made it to the finals. Cool. They don't give rings out for that, man. Like no one talks, and people bash LeBron for that. People bash LeBron for getting to the finals X amount of years, where when and he he would lose. Where Jordan, every time he made it, he won it, and like that's the big thing hanging over LeBron's head, which is a bunch of BS. Pardon my yes. s- slash friends. Okay, so the last thing we're gonna do is our top five bucket getters in the clutch. So, you know, last five minutes, last. Uh, game within five kind of thing, even closer than that if you want to throw that in the mix, um, just how how you want to do it. Again, getting buckets, and I know you wanted to kind of preface how you thought about this uh, with the passing and stuff, so go ahead. Well, yeah, I sort of touched on that with LeBron, where he's, yeah. and, and he's on my list, I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, but he's also, there, there are guys who are more just like clutch players, um, and not, not necessarily, as you put it, like bucket getters, like guys who I just, if, if they're going to take a shot, then you want it in their hands. Uh, but there's also the thing that I'm not, um, and this isn't going to be like a strict top five. Mike told me he wanted yeah. to talk about this earlier today, but I haven't done any research. This is just top <laughs> of my head. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's kind of what we were, because we've been so heavy in numbers the whole pod. I kind of want to just like yeah. BS it in the last part. Yeah, and and I'm not going back to guys that I didn't see play. Like I'm, you know, Larry Bird springs to mind. I've seen the highlight reels and stuff, but um, we're. I think at least for me, I'm going to keep it kind of contemporary to my experiences. Yeah, I don't have Larry Bird in my top five, but obviously I've seen the highlights and have what checks stole the ball and all that. I really can't relate to that. So I mean, we're kind of just going off. We go for guys in our 30s and watching a lot of hoops pretty much our whole lives. NBA and NBC shout out. Uh, I I love I. I love and people like I for some reason like I say stuff like it sounds anti. I love Jordan, man. Like I would like take off and like blow off my friends to watch NBA and NBC and watch Jordan play <laughs> so often. Um, so with that, I have MJ as my number one bucket getter. Uh, I mean, the guy we know he has probably two, maybe of the top of all time. Signature buckets uh, against the Jazz and Russell and then Elo. I mean, the guy yeah. just gets buckets. And also, I want to add that the NBA clutch stats don't track 
previous to 97. So I wanted to look up MJ's and I, I couldn't get it. It would take massive amount of work. So if you can do that, you're my boy. Like, I, I will do anything for that. So are you with me on MJ number on number one? Yeah, there's really, really nothing yeah. else to say. I mean, he yeah. did it in college. We know what he did in the NBA. It's, you can't, can't argue it. Yep. Uh, so I actually have LeBron number two. I, I Like I said, dude, people who say LeBron can't finish, shut the hell up. It's so dumb. You just sound so stupid. Uh, I mean, he had, again, one of the best signature playoff moments against the Pistons when he had that 25 straight, just bucket after bucket after bucket efficiently. So, and we said this year he was the number one guy for clutch shooting this year. So, and again, he passes the ball really well. I think he's the best passer ever. I I love, love, love LeBron. And so that's a a firm number two. And I could even argue him number one, man. LeBron is amazing in the clutch. Yeah. he's. I didn't strictly number guys. I just threw him in there. And I have a bunch of honorable mentions who I feel bad leaving out. Uh, But yeah, LeBron is number five all time in postseason scoring average. He's closing in on MJ for the most total points ever scored. He's a little, just about 140, actually exactly 140 points behind him. So you got to think if the Cavs get to the finals, he's going to pass him um, yeah. for sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, LeBron's amazing. And I don't know who these people are saying that he's not clutch. Yeah, no, I, it was a big, I, I feel like that's just their thing, man. A lot of people are just saying that this is more of a two or three year thing ago. But now I think that, that anyone who said that, man, like, and I, I know I'm not going to call him out. But uh, yeah, dude, chill out with the the LeBron takes, man. He's he's the man. Um, so I, I I'll think let in you... that Mavs in that Mavericks finals, he yeah. had like, maybe you know a couple legitimate choke jobs. Um, but that was just a, a flash in the pan in terms of what he's done throughout his yeah. career. So forget and then that. Also, I think that Ray Allen kind of hitting that shot uh, against the Spurs and stuff. I think that was kind of. Working against, like, oh, yeah, LeBron didn't hit that shot right now, dude. There's even times when, like, he passed to Kyrie Irving wide open. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And, and, like, Kyrie will make it sometimes. Sometimes he misses it, and then somehow LeBron gets yeah. made for making, like, a perfect yeah. play to a terrific shooter in the corner. It's like, he, dude can't win sometimes. Yeah, and then, uh, side note, uh, Kyrie on that right wing three-pointer, is, like, does he ever miss from there? Like, yeah, I, just like he made one yesterday. He made one in the last series that iced it. Obviously, the Golden State series last year where that iced that game. Dude. And also, man, Ky- I, I love... Is it, Kyrie is so fun to watch, man. We could talk about him for another podcast. Okay, so I have KD at number three. Uh, for reasons I said, this guy is, the, in my opinion, the best pure scorer of all time, man. This guy just straight scores. He's... A prototype scorer, man. Just, and they mentioned the defense on the length and all that, but this guy has—he has a guard's mentality for scoring. With yeah. Col- he'll tell you a seven-foot frame, and Mike Brown will say the same as well. Uh, I, I love—I love Kevin Durant, man. Um, I don't like get how you don't yeah. like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's a, a very likable guy. Yeah, he can shoot over smaller defenders, which almost everyone is. Uh, he tried to put a big power forward or someone against him to distract his shot. He's just going to go right around him. Uh, literally forced the league to implement a new rule on rip-throughs because he's so crafty that he would just draw foul after foul after foul when guys reached. Um, ball handling's there. There's Yeah, there's no facet of his game that he doesn't have. Shoots well at the line, hits three-pointers. He's absolutely... You're right, he's one of 
one of, if not the best, like pure scorer that we've seen. Yeah, and so I, I have, and this is probably going to make the Lakers nation a little bit mad, but I have Kobe four. Um, he probably should be a little bit higher, um, given. But but again, like we were saying, it's volume, man. The reason why we see Kobe have the, the fist pump, where he's looking at looking at the camera with the, you know, it's he has more chances than anyone ever. Uh, with his career, the length, and all that stuff, man. I mean, pure volume, sure. But he's not, as we said, he's not that clutch. But he is a guy that where if you give it to him, he has four guys on him. He still has a good chance to make it. So I, I do love Kobe, and I do sound anti-Kobe. But I, I love him, but he's yeah. Yeah, he's he's been efficient overall. Yeah, and I'm not ranking these guys, partly because I just... It's impossible for me. I don't yeah. know, you know, choosing between do I want MJ or LeBron to have the ball. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Kobe Bryant. And so you were citing effective field goal percentage, right? Uh, for which one? For like Kobe's uh, clutch. Uh, true clutch. shooting. True shooting. Oh, that was true shooting. Yeah, so okay. it's still pretty um, low. Yeah, I was thinking maybe free throws weren't captured. But so that the numbers you cited surprised me. Yeah. Um, but it still doesn't make me in any way keep Kobe out of the top yeah. five. Uh, he's just been too too great on too many big stages. Yep. Yeah. So we, we love him, and I went, I kind of went off the board a little bit. Uh, I went Joe Johnson number five. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he had he's nailed eight game winning buzzer beaters over the last ten years. So that, I'm just kind of leaning on that. I I am ISO jug guy man through and through, ever since the Suns days with. Him and Quentin Richardson and all those boys, man. Bit if that was when I was getting into fantasy. I think that may have been one of the reasons why I got so much into fantasy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm a I love ISO Joe. Yeah, well, he made your case look smarter in uh, earlier in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, man, that was number eight. Amazing games where he carried the Jazz. So. I, playoff Joe Johnson, baby. Yeah. So I'm also going in a bit of a curveball direction. We've been talking about guys who you know high volume superstar guys. But if we're talking just clutch guys who can hit a shot, I gotta go with Robert Ory. Uh, you know, dude's nickname is Big Shot Bob for a reason. He's one of the moments I remember most vividly in watching the NBA. I just went yeah. out of my mind. Was the game in versus the Kings in 2002? Oh. It was in, in LA. A couple misses at the buzzer, and I think it was Divots tipped the ball out top of the key right to Ory, drains the shot, and they had this panned out. Uh, image of the of the arena when he hit the shot and it just goes insane like immediately <laughs> it, it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it um, but man he for so many different teams he just hit big shot after big shot and I, I just couldn't keep him off this clutch yeah that's I, I thought about him too but I was like hey man I'll, I'll stick to my brand and go Joe Johnson gotcha. uh, <laughs> but yeah and I was, honestly the 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 Spurs Sun series. I think about every time I hear Ori, I think about that for some reason because how that affected the Steve, like bumping Steve Nash and all that. Man, like yeah. it's crazy how frequently and obviously with the amount of rings he has. Um, yeah, that that makes sense, man. I, I probably I maybe should have uh, eliminated the brand and put him on there. Uh, yeah, that guy, that guy's always there in the clutch, man. Another guy, I feel like. Like, for some reason, I feel like Dirk has always been super yeah. clutch. I would like him. And one guy I need to mention who, if I could have any player at the free throw line, the game on the line in a playoff, you know, pressure situation, 
I'm gonna go with Chauncey Billups. Oh yeah. I feel like watching that guy in the postseason, like he never missed. He was just yeah. cool as a cucumber, just sitting there and just time after time after time, drain two, drain three. Um, I just my memory of him at the line is just yeah, you know, he's imperturbable. He will make them. So the first point we talked about in this podcast was like that counts, man. Like you yeah, want a guy to circles. make free throws, man. And yeah, and also one thing I brought up with someone I was talking to yesterday was it's amazing that like the early 2000s Pistons probably wouldn't do very well in today's NBA because they're very, you know, bagging inside of Ben Wallace and she knows guys where mm-hmm. nowadays it's very perimeter based. So, I don't know, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting thing to try yeah. to think about that team now. I mean, she yeah. was almost one of the earliest three-point shooting power forwards, I think. Yep, right? yep, yep. Yeah, but but you're right. I don't think they'd be particularly well built. Yeah, it's like the the magic man, uh, old Rob Hennigan, poor guy. But uh, <laughs> he 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 had it was crazy. He started out his career so well with getting Tobias and all that stuff, and hey, but. All right, so dude, this was—I swear, this is my favorite podcast we've ever done. This, yeah, I this love, is a lot of fun. I love this. this good, I, good I'm idea. Like, yeah, I'm so happy right now, man. I wish we could not talk fantasy so much. Uh, so, you guys enjoy your week. We'll be back Wednesday to talk DFS again. We're mad at you, LeBron, for burying the Raptors with your meteor style, like <laughs> killing of those guys. Um, so yeah, dude, Ryan, this is this is amazing. We need to do more stuff like this, man. This is so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. For sure, man. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for coming on again. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.